Welcome to the Postpartum Wow, the show where moms share their raw, unfiltered postpartum moments. I'm your host, Sarah Allen, and I'm a first-time mom who was completely broadsided by postpartum depression and anxiety. I'm here to show the not-so-pretty side of becoming a parent, and I hope you hear something that resonates with you because, let's be honest, the postpartum experience is nothing like we imagined. But along with the struggles come glimpses of hope. So buckle up and hold on tight, and let's get to it. Hello again, friends. Welcome back. Um, This is the first Dad's Corner episode, and I've got sitting next to me my husband, Jacob. Say hello to our listeners. Buongiorno. Hello. Hola. Salve. That's about all I know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't expect uh, a whole lot of people to to tune in, but if if quite a few do, that that would be awesome. Um, especially dads. This is one of hopefully several uh, episodes I can have dedicated to uh, a dad's perspective on the postpartum experience. So, just made sense that since last episode was my story and my perspective, that the next one would be from my husband. So, thanks for participating you said there'd be cookies where are the cookies i don't have cookies i'm sorry there's cookie dough does that count yeah there's booze yeah that helps does that help yeah i was like go ahead and make yourself a drink (laughs) because i needed a drink when i was telling my perspective so what you got there uh mango pepsi and american honey that's an interesting combo yeah you like that American honey, though. Yeah, it's pretty good. I haven't tried it yet. It's, it's very sweet. You would hate it. Probably. I'm, I'm sitting over here with a hard seltzer that isn't very sweet. I'm not big into the sweet drinks. I like them, like them a little more strong. But And yet you still married me, even as sweet as I am. Uh-huh. You expect comments like that. But before we get too deep into conversation, uh, we did put our kid to bed what, 10 minutes ago? Yeah, something like that. And she is uh, not exactly sleeping soundly yet. So we're watching her on the, the baby monitor spy cam here. And she's been tossing and turning quite a bit. And I'm afraid she's about to bonk her head on the edge of the crib. And will uh, undoubtedly not be pleased with that turn of events. Which, who knew that was a problem? Oh. I didn't even know that was a thing, that the okay. kid would, would bump her head into well, the crib. bump her head, okay, hey, bump her head on the floor. No, get her arm stuck between the, the sidebars of the thing and then feel like some monster's got her and wake up screaming because of that. Yeah. That's the thing that, hey, may inclu- want to include a warning. Yeah, who dear, knew? Dear, dear parents, <laughs> your child may sleep in this just fine or may develop lifelong trauma. I feel like there's plenty of opportunities later for her to be traumatized, let alone by her own crib. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, yeah, we ended up getting a mesh liner or whatever. So she she's not getting her arms and her legs caught anymore, but it kept falling on the side. So we had to like wrap it around the front. So it doesn't cover up quite as much as it used to. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, she found the side of the crib that is not covered by it right now. So <laughs> yay, Murphy's Law. Yeah. Welcome to parenthood, I guess. I didn't realize Murphy was a parent, but I guess I should have. Yeah, not surprising. 
So anywho, we're going to jump right in here. Um, I started my episode about the the pregnancy and the birth. I'm not expecting I'm not expecting you to get that detailed, but um, what were your expectations of parenthood before we decided we wanted to start a family? Um, honestly, I don't really know that I had a whole lot. I was trying to be open book. Okay, have kid. I I get along quite well with kids. Um, have two nephews, actually now three, but two at the time we found out we were expecting Diana and it's like, okay, get along great with kids. This is going to be fine. I don't, I've got patience for it. Um, I can handle stress. I can handle lack of sleep. Cause that's what everybody else said was you're just not going to sleep after the kid's born. It's like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, been there and done that. That's, uh, nothing out of the ordinary for me. Um, background on me, I guess. Uh, I served in the United States Army for eight years with the 82nd Airborne, um, and then later the 1st Infantry Division. Um, as an infantryman, I have four deployments. Stress and panicky situations are nothing that I am oh unfamiliar with, um, and lack of sleep is nothing that I'm unfamiliar with. Um, also, got my undergrad degree and worked at a master's degree for quite some time. So yeah, stress and having to focus things on staying up late night, working on problems is nothing, nothing I'm unfamiliar with. So and that's kind of pe- where I was coming at it too. Was, yeah. It's like, Oh, I I've dealt with this stuff. I, this, this shouldn't, I wouldn't say shouldn't be a problem, but it's not like this is something that I am just unprepared for. Um, so when everybody just said, you're not going to sleep. Okay. It's like, whatever. That's, that's not a big deal. Um, and, you know, congrats and everything like that. It's like, okay, great. And just kind of moving on. And then we, I guess in, in the, uh, after we announced everybody was happy and cheering us. And then we had, um, the beginning, uh, I don't remember which came first, the class on the birth or, uh, the ultrasound and the class on the birth kind of, I think it went on a little bit too long, um, for what, what essentially like one one and done like two hour, three hour class on the birth. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, this is, this is a little bit long. We should have broken this up a little bit because you know, pregnancy is nine months long. Maybe we should spread this out just a tad bit. Um, that was a bit of an information overload. Oh yeah. So, so for those unfamiliar, the, our birth center that we partnered with, with the midwives, they had like a childbirth class that was available to their clients and so we went and we were like one of four other couples, I think. Three were or there. four, yeah. And uh, we were the oldest ones there too, which was weird. Everybody else looked 12. But, well, um, you know, first time parents, we are kind of yeah. old. We're in our mid 30s, in case you're wondering. So, yeah, we were a little late to the game. But, um, yeah, I remember that class too. It did go on a little bit long, but it was a lot of info. I thought it was good info, but yeah, it was primarily just about the birth. Yeah, it was all about the birth. And then uh, the one thing that they did after birth, uh, like, oh, you have a baby now. Here's something you do with. It would be like putting your kiddo in this car seat, which is fine until you realize trying not to smack the little doll's head on the which carrying handle. And then, yeah, Sarah <laughs> smacked the crap out of that poor, <laughs> poor uh, doll's head and tried not to do that one. Um, 
thankfully the doll didn't complain about it quite as much as I'm sure Diana would have. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we got that. Uh, and so that was long and was like, okay, whatever. Um, and then we had, I don't know, like I said, I don't remember which one came first, that or the ultrasound. But the other big one of the pregnancy I remember was the ultrasound. And everybody builds it up. There's this great big moment when you you, you hear the baby's heartbeat. Um, at a, I mean, heard a baby's heartbeat at the at a previous appointment, and then uh, and then you get to see your baby for the first time in there, and it's just kind of like so underwhelming. It's not even funny. Yeah, there's a lot of hype. Built there was up. so much hype, and then especially the first time, I especially it's like, oh, there's a heartbeat, and I didn't hear a heartbeat. I heard of that silly machine was not the whoosh, whoosh, whoosh you expected a heartbeat. I heard the stinking probe from Star Trek Four. You know, the one with the whales? <laughs> That's what I heard as it going through space. Wah, 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 wah. And it didn't sound even remotely like a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> later on in the, pr- in the pregnancy, yes, it did start to sound more like a uh, heartbeat than uh, a one-and-done probe from a Star Trek movie, but... That's that was my frame of reference on it. And then this ultrasound is you see your baby and it's like, okay, cool. Black and white, horrible picture that I can't make a whole lot out. But that was so impersonal. It was the most cold and clinical. Just no emotion. Like, I am not an overly emotional person in general. Uh, My best friend likes to joke that I'm probably an android that didn't get the uh, emotion chip installed properly. (laughs) Um just because it just, I don't have a ton of emotion um, a lot of times. And, and it came off as unemotional to me. So a normal human being would probably have been really freaked out by this. But there's just such a cold, sterile, blah time. This was, what, fall of last year? Yeah, it was around the same time. And to be fair, it it was, it was a night and day difference between the care we were getting because we were used to going to the midwife's clinic, which is very homey. In fact, they bought a house and that's what they operate out of. They just redesigned it to be like a clinic and they had a very hands-on personable touch. And then we were referred out because they don't have the ultrasound equipment in house. So they referred us out to an actual OBGYN's office at the local hospital. And we saw an ultrasound tech there and yeah, it was just, you know, your typical, hospital approach i felt yeah and then uh, i avoid hospitals like the plague i probably would actually prefer the plague over the hospital um but yeah it just reminded me of why i hate hospitals and and yeah that was that was just really underwhelming as well and so it's like oh okay and that i guess started this the seeds and which we can talk about this one later just like the okay so why am i not feeling anything shouldn't i be feeling something everybody talks about this as some great and wonderful moment that you'll cherish forever and me emotionalist robot are going um error file not found which i think there was a lot you probably felt a lot of pressure to feel something, yes. yeah, because that's that's all you kept hearing from everybody else. Oh yeah, um, and I've ta- talked to people like, "Hey, did what did you you know? How was your ultrasound?" Or when you saw it, it's like, "Oh, it's so great!" And it's you know, blah blah blah, so wonderful. And it's like, uh huh, interesting. Yeah, um, yeah that that was my 
probably the the two biggest things I noticed in in the in the pregnancy. Um, so I mean, then, what was you, it like? You didn't well, was it because you didn't have uh, too much in the way of the morning sickness? No, you didn't I didn't. Have the nausea. You had you know some some occasional issues, but not to sound overly self-centered, but it really didn't affect me all that much. And it was, we kind of carried on our lives. So the normal, you did a little bit of nesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some, trying to do some planning and of course, tried to make some arrangements at work, um, eventually for the birth and, and letting our families know and yada, yada, yada. So it was, uh, I was doing stuff and it was just nothing super out of the ordinary. And then, uh, then the birth happened. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then uh, bundle of joy here decided she wanted to make her appearance. Um, Two weeks early. Yes, brought on of course by Sabaton's uh, "The Wing to Zars" oh, uh, score. Um, <laughs> great song, by the way. If you haven't heard of it, listen to it right now. Like, stop this and go listen to it. Um, yeah, we played that. Yeah, he's what, convinced. Saturday, Friday or Saturday, yep. <laughs> and then like labor started it, like the next day or that night. Um, yeah, I had I bought one of those. Uh, it was kind of crappy, but I did buy one of those like speaker things where you you attach it to the belly, and then it has this aux cable that you plug into your phone so you can play music for the baby. And yeah, you had played that song. I would. Yeah, we played several songs, and she didn't really react to things, but she'd react to that one. Yes, she would. I don't know what it is about that. We just we and should joke. Like, yeah, and the winged hussars arrived, and so she's like, "Okay, well, they're arriving. I got to show up." Yep. Um. And so yeah, I went to work. Uh, that day, and when she was in labor, and told everybody, "Hey, my wife's in labor, so I might have to just dip out today." FYI, um, which they thought you were crazy that you were even there. Yeah, and a few people like, "Why are you here?" And it's like, "Well, I could just sit around at the house all day and annoy the heck out of my wife, or I can come to work and make some money." So I'm going to choose that option. Yeah, and um, I told you to yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's not like I was doing anything other than just okay. I'm going to carry on until I can't. Um, and so I actually made it through that full day, um, got home and that Sunday night in about 10 to 15 minutes after I got home, maybe up to half an hour, Sarah just stops talking. Cause that was about the time I got home that everything shifted into high gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just wasn't communicating all that well, mostly, um, making animal noises and, uh, <laughs> nodding her head, uh, very much out of the situation. Thankfully, Dula got there and it's like, okay, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Just, just tell me what to do. I was a soldier. I can follow orders. What do I need to do? Which did I felt she was good to have around. Did yeah. you find she was helpful? At least? She was uh, very helpful because we had the one class that was three hours. And by the end of it, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. Yeah, no um, And it was hard to retain all that information. And then I think we did one similar type class with her mm-hmm. um, at some point. And again, I you could pay attention to some of that for a while, but not exactly a lot of it. And that'd been a couple months earlier. So it's like, okay, just tell me what to do and I can do it. I, it this isn't overly complicated. Just, Hold this, do this, stand here, rubber here, call it a day. Load vehicle with whatever. Um, so cool. I can, yep, I can do that. Uh, and eventually it's like, okay, we're going, going to the birth center. Cool. Load up and then driving very carefully because I'm afraid of crazy Wichita 
idiot drivers on there and had to pass around people. Um, and I'm all conscious about not freaking out Sarah. Cause I don't know how much she's aware of what's going on. And, uh, so I get there and okay. Mission accomplished. Uh, got her the birth center. Everything's going fine. And Oh, Hey, I guess we're having a baby. Um, <laughs> it that, was that, that quick. It progressed very quickly. Yeah. They didn't have the tub full that she wanted to do this whole birth in the tub, water birth thing. And yeah, never made it even halfway there. I don't think before the baby came and they were like, Oh, okay. Do this and stand here and ta- tell her she's doing a good job. Okay. I can do this. Uh, do you want to, you want, do you want to catch the baby? I, I, I don't care. Just <laughs> tell me what to do. Like I did whatever need we I need to do to get this they get this uh successfully concluded and they're like oh no okay and so there's the baby wow okay cool looks slimy <laughs> greasy alien thing um yeah the and, cute part didn't come till later <laughs> yeah um angry screaming screaming alien oh do you want to cut the umbilical cord sure tell me where to cut and give me the thing okay cool cut it um and it wasn't for a few minutes about the time Sarah's holding Diana and Diana's, you know, not quite screaming anymore. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to get some pictures and get some pictures of mama and baby. And um, everything seems to be calming down. So I go out and to call everybody and let them know what's going on. Yeah, because nope. we hadn't really told our families because I wasn't convinced that we were having a baby that day because my water hadn't broke. So I was like, well, I guess I guess we'll just notify folks as we go along. And of course, after he got home from work, I completely tuned out and didn't even think about that until after she was born. And I was like, oh, crap. We never <laughs> we never called our parents. Well, let's say and I didn't we didn't we kind of didn't intentionally. Um, it was late at night. Yeah, it was late at night. We didn't want to call anybody, let anybody know and then have them a barrage us with questions or be, be sitting there wondering it's better to deliver said baby uh use of the term deliver here intentional um as a faint accompli and just hey here's the kid oh cool he didn't even know you were in labor that was the point um but let him know uh we weren't actually at the birth center all that long we were home by say we had her what 10 o'clock she was born 11 30 and 11 i think 30. we were home by two I, yeah say two or three we were home um so it was not not late at all. Um, even got a little bit of sleep that night. Uh, called in to work the next morning. Kind of just like, hey, guys, I won't be coming in today. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and. I think that first week we did pretty good, I thought. Yeah. Unless your your view was different. <laughs> I would hesitate to say the first week was good. Because I don't know if you remember it. And this is, yeah, this is where I guess I, we could say that my wow moment or the first of the wow moments. Um, I'll back it up a little bit. It was, we got the baby home and it is by the time we got it home or on the way where it was like, okay, so they're, they're handing me this kid. What am I supposed to do with her? <laughs> like, <Now> what? <laughs> um, I think I missed an episode here where I got the training I need, the 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 instruction, the, the block of instruction on uh, raising, comma, child, comma, rearing, um, or just anything. I was like, okay, so you're, you're just going to hand me this screamy child and 
tell me have fun. Pretty much. Oh boy, this is this is going to be interesting because um, yeah, I didn't feel like I knew anything what I was doing. Um, like shoot, even like, how do you change a diaper? Like okay, I changed a diaper probably. 20 years before this, Which did not they, even. Did they include that in the class? No. I, I don't even remember. No, exactly. It was like, I got I got nothing. That's why you had to show me. Okay, here's how you do this. Okay, cool. And remember, just even for a wet diaper, I'm using like five or more uh, wet wipes. I'm not sure. Okay, did she, did she clean now? Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, my wow moment was I went back to work, not that day, and I don't think the next day, but probably the following. Um, yeah, I think it was day three. And... And I worked the rest of the week. So Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, if memory serves. Um, and I just remember working that Friday. My folks were coming into town. Um, they came to see me at work. Um, and I remember getting kind of in trouble um, for something at work that day. Just how, how something had worked out. Didn't agree with how I had done something or what I had done something. And I remember it was like right before I came home. And oh, it was right before. Yeah, it was. It was after my folks had been there. Oh, and okay. uh, right before I came home, they got in trouble. So it was came back and it's like, okay, well, and I got got off, got home probably six o'clock ish, um, and just kind of hung out with the folks and everything until probably nine nine thirty. And I'm very tired when you go to bed, and they give me a baby to um, try to calm down. I'm trying to rock her to sleep, and I just find myself getting frustrated. And Sarah picks up on that frustration and she's all freaked out and worried about, uh, I guess there's just a tone in my voice or something, um, that she didn't like. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It, it took me a minute to remember. Like I said, I blocked out a and lot. I say, and I didn't even realize anything was, was happening until like she walked in and that was it. And it just kind of like, Oh, Oh no. Am, am I going to be, is this who I'm going to be? Am I going to be a, terrible parent is that I'm going to be a father that's just has no patience for his children and just all these horrible thoughts, which and, and to all be fair, of my, all any, 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 like the whole lack of emotion where it's like, okay, I, you know, you see, everybody says you, when you see your child for the first time, you just feel this, um, you know, this love beyond all, all words. And I'm just like, she's a screamy, slimy red alien thing. Um, and even after she prettied up and looked cute, it's just like, yeah, just not feeling it. Um, and and in your defense, though, she was she was not even a week old. She was developing colic because she couldn't get a good latch while she was nursing. So this was when we really were starting to get into the throes of the endless screaming from like what eight o'clock at night until midnight. Oh, just yeah, exactly. And that was that was this time. That was when we were just starting to experience a version of this, so the earliest form before she really just yeah the 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 two to four hours of screaming we just got used to it. And I just, I didn't quite know how I was supposed to handle this and how I was supposed to approach this. And, um, yeah. And I just, like I was saying earlier, I, I like, okay, you gave me the keys to this kid and I feel like I missed the whole parenting driver's ed portion of this where I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. Um, 
And it was some weeks later, they're like, well, she's just being colicky when I was complaining about her screaming. I was like, what does colicky mean? I don't even know what that word is. I consider myself relatively well-educated and I've seen the word and I know what it is in context, but what does that mean? Yeah. And like, what is the cause here? What's the problem? And maybe I know a lot of guys are kind of that, uh, results or, or solution oriented. We want you, you tell us a problem. We want to solve the problem. Um, and I will say as I go one step further, because I have infantrymen and a paratrooper where it's okay, there's the bad guys, you, you go at them, you go and hit them, you hit the problem, you make the problem not there no more, and then you move on to the next problem. And here's a, here's a problem I can't solve. Here's a problem that I cannot address. Here's a problem that I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with it. And all of my attempts either seem to have no effect or make the problem worse. And... Um, yeah, that was, it felt like a losing battle. It very much did. And it, I felt very, very much not needed and very much not necessarily not even wanted in the situation because, um, as all newborns, she she couldn't care about anything but herself. She just needs mom and she needed mom. Mm -hmm. Um, so anytime I would try to do anything, it was fine for a little bit until it wasn't. And then the screaming would start and there's nothing I could do to stop it. And that made me feel like a failure because especially as the weeks drug on um, and we're still dealing with this day in and day out. And Sarah is just getting more and more because initially she, I think she was fine. And then I think the postpartum really hit. And then just the constant lack of sleep um, and having to give energy to Diana kicked in she just kind of turned into a zombie mm-hmm. and I did not like that. And cause that made me feel like a double failure where I, I can't help the problem at all. And B my lack of ability to help is causing Sarah to turn into the zombie. The woman I love is, is suffering because of my failure to do anything with my child. Um, Which in all of that is, was just your perspective of the situation i felt like you were doing the best you could it was gonna be rough no matter what because a colicky baby is always difficult for both parents probably more so for the mom because in that stage of life that's all they need is mom all they need is mom and the boob and because at that point mom and baby at least from the baby's point of view are still one and the same so when baby is away from mom It's like red alert. And that was one of the first really bad, bad moments. Um, And I don't remember all the details. I remember it was a morning where you and either my mom or your mom or somebody, you'd gone to do something. Mm -hmm. And it may have just been as simple as you were going to like, the Use birth the center to, or something? No, no, you'd left the house. You'd oh, gone I left to, the house. You'd gone to do, or maybe my mom was coming in. I think that's how it was. My mom was coming in. You'd gone to the birth center to get uh, oh, the donor uh, milk. The donor milk. Mm-hmm. And you left me here with her, and she was screaming. And I just, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know how to handle this. She, she wouldn't sleep for anything because she didn't sleep for months, um, for more than half an hour at a time. Um, and uh, I'm, car- I yeah, and I'm carrying around and yeah, trying to do anything. And it's not working. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. And I eventually, I, I just had to, um, set her down and I remember if it was the bassinet of the pack and play, I just had to set her down and just walk away for a little bit because I didn't know what else to do. 
And I was just completely overwhelmed at this point. And, um, Oh my goodness. And that, that was, that was the first real bad moment. And I, uh, I don't remember if it was that time or not that I just tried to like, please don't leave me her alone with her ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't remember when it was that time or not either, because this similar story happened, unfortunately, several times yeah, in those first few lot. months mm-hmm. um, where just I just had this bad, bad time with her where I don't know what to do. Sarah's not here. I cannot have any effect on this. And it just is driving me nuts. And I... Um, yeah, uh, it was it was bad. Um, I remember one of them that was just really bad. I ended up, it was right before I had to go to work and when Sarah got back and I just kind of just went to work. And even when I got there, uh, my coworkers just immediately look, look at me and go, are, are you okay, man? And I say, no, just no, I'm not. And I was kind of in a daze for a good chunk of it. And thankfully, uh, my boss is really good at picking up on this when he's there and, and trying to help. And I just, uh, remember on and kind of pushing through until I had to go to lunch and then sit in the break room and I just eat food and then just put my head down on the table and just sit there and just try not to think about anything. And I was just, Holy hell. I, that was actually, I remember on that day and I had my phone, I had to uh, be awake and I couldn't, couldn't just put my head on the, on the table and try to sleep or something. But I, I just, I'm Googling, did dads get postpartum? Um, like postpartum symptoms, dads are the father and whatnot. I'm leaning through. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. I've got those symptoms and this one and that one and this one. And that sounds about right. And it's just like, oh my goodness. So when you looked those up, like, was there any, like, what was their solution? <laughs> like, did they give you any? No, it was, it, from what I recall was... This is what it is. And then, oh, if you uh, and oh, for depression, here's your all your chemicals uh, solutions. And I am super duper not wanting to go down that route. Oh, like medication. Exactly. Um, and that was about all they had. And then the the oh so chipper advice. Oh, it gets better. And I was like that's that's great. Yeah. And, that's great and wonderful. Um, and just shut ups right now. Yes. <laughs> Like I, if I, we hated that phrase. God, we hated that phrase. Oh my goodness. It gets better is probably my least favorite phrase in the English language right after I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Um, Because (laughs) yeah, it, it very well might get better, but that really doesn't do a damn bit of good right now. Yep. And those first first i think it was right about three three and a half months or whatever it was when we got her uh started doing the sleep training and just mm-hmm. things got better started getting better anyway um that seemed like an eternity um again it wasn't just because we weren't sleeping because sarah was taking way more of the responsibilities on her than i probably should have let her but but she, at the same time it's not like you wouldn't have but if you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And uh, so she's she's doing all this stuff. She's the one not sleeping. I'm getting most of a night's sleep most nights. Um, 
or more. I'm not working an overly physically demanding job. So this, it, it wasn't like I'm constantly tired or everything. It's just, I am not right in the head. Um, and nothing, nothing seems to be good about this. My wife is in zombie mode. We have this screaming, screaming life form has invaded our house, draining her energy, keeping me from, uh, apparently having any good days. Um, I tried to reach out to some friends and, and yeah, my, I wouldn't say it was out of the ordinary to that extent, but definitely seemed, I seem to be hitting more of an extreme than at least as it sounded like when, when talking to them and it wasn't constant like this, there were some good times. And, um, I think the first actual good moment was, uh, couple months into into yeah. it um, you pull up your phone to I, yeah, yeah, i'm pulling up the <laughs> phone because i've got a picture um because i think like like what i had to do to cope that was gonna be my next question is how did you cope with with some of this stuff and uh, I think subconsciously we both had to black out some of those moments. Yeah, it was about it's just over a month into this, and I have uh, first pictures I have of her, where it's actual. I've got actually a picture at the beginning of May where she's just me holding her and she's screaming. I'm like, "Yep, that's what I remember from those three months." Uh, but the first picture I have of her smiling at all it was May, uh, end of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's just what. Two months old. Yeah, almost. Yeah, about two. Uh, two two months. months old on that one. That's first smile. And that was actually one where I came home from work. Um, and Sarah was just out of it. She's just like, I, I need to take a bath or I need to lay down. I need something. So I, I took Diana, um, had a uh, baby carrier, tactical baby gear. Looks like a plate carrier. If anybody familiar with the military uh, body armor. It looks armor. pretty cool. <laughs> um, put her on that and I just went for a walk and we walked half mile. I don't know. Just on, d- down around the corner. I was going to walk to the grocery store and then back and made it about halfway there and she started getting fussy. So I turned around and started coming back and then we got back since it hadn't been all that long. Uh, I just sat on the front uh, porch and rocked back and forth. And that was, I think, like the first time I remember her really smiling at me. Mm-hmm. And I got a picture because she was actually being good and nice. Sorry, and, that's one of our cats. And there's a cat sh- sharpening his claws on the couch we're sitting on. <laughs> Varmint, stop. Um, and so so there were good moments in here. Because like I said, I still have these pictures. And uh, it's nice to be able to go back and remember that. But, but it seemed like the bad, the bad, oh, so overwhelmed the good. Mm -hmm. The good were these fleeting moments that maybe there is light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe this isn't complete, absolute disaster um, and total mistakes. I just remember uh, the first, that first time going back to the first time you you had to go get that milk and sitting here, I'm just like, this, this was a mistake. We, Mm -hmm. I was not ready for this. We just, I don't know what's going on. We shouldn't have done this. This was a mistake. This was a mistake. This was a mistake. Um, yeah. And the sleep training started and that was, that was fine. Um, and it, it definitely helped things started getting better, but it seemed like every Monday, every other Monday for then several weeks, um, with my work schedule and especially when Sarah started going back to work mm-hmm. and I would be in charge in the morning, the Mondays were rough. Um, cause I was working, uh, 
afternoons and evenings by this point. So I would have morning, um, and then the afternoon, uh, would be either Sarah or, uh, eventually we got a, a babysitter to be here, uh, Monday afternoons. Um, and as those Mondays would get really bad or some, especially, uh, when she wouldn't nap, uh, or would nap very well. Um, and it would just get super fussy. Um, and I was attributed it to, she just had Saturday and Sunday home with mom, got used to mom being here. And suddenly the other one is here, <laughs> not mom. And she didn't like that. And so Mondays were always really bad. Whereas, um, other days it seemed to be better. Uh, it's almost like she had to recalibrate. Exactly. And that's exactly what it came off. But I just remember several bad Mondays, um, and that, would, and every time it would just, no matter how good and how, how much progress I thought we'd make and how, okay, we're over this and we're not doing this anymore and it's going to be fine. Every single time we have one of these bad days, it just took me right back to those first couple times. And it's like, this is a mistake. You don't know what you're doing. Why did they let you go with this kid? You're not going to do anything. You're going to make things worse. You're going to mess it up. Um, and I just remember one of them, especially because she, as she started getting more aware, and this was this was only a couple of months ago now, um, she's just a lot of changes in the course of, what, eight months now? Yeah, she's eight months old now. Um, it was it was rough. And I know that I talked about in the previous episode, Yes, Cat, um, some of the coping that I did outside of coffee was just being more intentional with my alone time. And then when I went back to work, finding moments yeah. within there well, to say, find them. But. Yeah, I try to find moments. And then and I say, in the good moments, the good moments help. Um, but again, as as she started developing, this is just a couple months ago, but and she would still manage to just frustrate me. And I just get really frustrated. And I couldn't, couldn't necessarily say why. It just... Maybe I was trying to do something and she was just being very needy, very clingy, very something. And it was fine. And and we'd actually, you know, gotten a nice relationship at this point. But I just remember one of them, it was again, right before I had to go to work. Um, and when all this was, this is happening and she's being fussy and it's not being good. But I was just getting very frustrated with her. And finally, you know, Sarah comes home. And I just kind of like, here, you take her. I just can't do anything with her right now. Um and I remember as I was leaving, Diana looked at me and she was, she was so confused. She like she could tell something was wrong, but didn't know what and didn't know why. And that look kind of haunted me. Um, they don't tell you how perceptive babies can be. Especially, yeah, especially as, as they're developing. Um, it's really interesting, especially when they start developing that intellect and they develop that personality and they become a person. Um, not to say that the unborn or babies are not people, right, but to right. see them, yeah, develop <laughs> that character. Um, it, it was, that was kind of haunting and that, that really, that really kind of messed with me for a while. Um, cause like I, it, I, I take, and I, I had hurt her not physically, but emotionally she was confused about why daddy didn't want anything to do with her. Why daddy was putting her down. Why daddy was, there was a different emotional charge there. And yeah, that, that took some time to get over. And I think, I think every parent 
goes through that. I mean, you've certainly seen me go through that where I've just my my patience level is gone. I, I need to not have this child for a few minutes and need minutes to myself because it's a lot. And that's, that's another thing that kind of took me by surprise was I understood the demands of, of an infant and a newborn and understanding that, okay, they're, they need a lot of care in the beginning, but I had no clue the toll that it was going to take on me. Yeah. Um, but as you were saying with trying to get to the coping mechanisms, um, one probably was less healthy than it ideally would have been. Um, and actually probably hurt a lot in the beginning. And that was, uh, being a news junkie. Um, she was born at the end of March. And for those of you that have been living under a rock or are hearing this in the future, <laughs> um, approximately one month previously, uh, the Ukrainian war really started, got going again, round two started, whatever you want to say. Um, and shortly before Diana was born, um, they put out a call for volunteers and as a former soldier and a guy that really didn't feel like he did too much with his, uh, service as he would have liked. That was really tempting. Um, of course it never really was an option. Um, so I didn't do anything with it, but especially those early months was okay. Following the war very closely and, and, and making what if type thoughts, if I could, I, you know, I could go and, you know, this, and I just have to make these plans and that plan and we could, you know, do this. And that was less healthy than I think I realized at the time because it, it was a kind of a fantasy, uh, you know, to escape this, this, uh, domestic life that I had found myself into, um, And just a constant reminder that I, I didn't go get to go do this and, and go fight for a cause I thought was worth fighting for because of this child. And so it's easy to develop some resentment there. Um, and I definitely, definitely felt resentment towards Diana um, for those first few months, um, partially because of that and a lot because I saw her turning uh, Sarah into the zombie. And I really did not like that. Um and so it took quite a while to get over those feelings. Um, I think that's a normal part of first time parenthood too, that nobody talks about yeah. is that you can develop resentment toward a yeah. creature that, that, you know, is helpless. Yeah. I think that's one of those, those biggest things that I just felt wrong for not having the, like I said, this unconditional overwhelming love for, for her immediately. And that took a long time to develop. And so I felt I felt like a monster or something wrong was wrong with me because I didn't feel like everybody else said and everybody talked it up as these wonderful moments. I just had felt nothing. And that that I think very much did not help is feeling like there's something wrong with me from the get go makes me then feel guilty, everything else. And it just it's a vicious cycle and self self-defeating. Um, and say so we this this kind of continued. I uh, found other outlets, uh, just projects, and I'd work on this and I'd do that. And I would I uh, invested a ton of time in uh, some video games, just as 
you know, escapism, just get into the game, do this here. Um, Which to add to that, he did not skip out on responsibilities to go play video games. People don't, don't start showing hate in the comments or something because that's not what happened. Doesn't that require people to actually listen to this before we can get any hate in the comments? Yes. So all three of you listening. Um, good job guys. Um, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I just tried to find other things. Um, I tried, I've, I, I've long been a reader. Um, I just got a heck of a library. I like to think, um, Actually, in one of my deployments, I came back with literally half of my rucksack or more, more full of books. I just couldn't bring myself to throw away. And I, so I tried tried to get into reading and do some reading, and I just could not stay concentrated on any book long enough. Like, that's the first time in my life so for many months, and it's only been the last couple months that I've actually got back to reading. It just, I couldn't, couldn't focus on that. And that was just probably shows just how out of it it was. Anybody that... Anybody that does actually listen to this that knows me and it will, should know that just how weird that is. Um, Which I would think is another symptom of depression. Oh, probably. Um, yeah, we just try to find ways. Tried to find ways out of this. Um, try to find ways to cope. Um, I would say one of the things that did help was as Diana really did start to develop, we really could start forming something uh, of a relationship. Um especially and, and and say not just that but just like you you get used to taking care of her so you can start to addressing some of the needs and as she's developing there's more options it's not just relying on sarah for food and sustenance here we've got okay we, first we did uh, uh the syringe with this little feeding tube mm-hmm. um, supplement and then eventually the small bottles up to eventually the big bottles and i could i give her these and Okay. But she took a bottle very well. Yes, I she did. Um, and so that let me get involved in this. And so, okay, she can start connecting to me. And she she's doing, and she realizes, okay, um, not just so I can get food from mom. This other one is uh, useful for something. <laughs> um, and so we had a relationship. And then she really liked bouncing up and down on the bouncy ball. And I realized, okay, I can, I can sit here and watch TV or I can watch something in this. And I don't even know how it came about, how we ended up doing this. I probably saw something on Facebook that made me want to watch something and realized that she could actually start paying attention to what was on the TV. Not necessarily, she very likely could never follow anything, of course, but she could, she would watch TV and some, some noises and bright colors and everything would work. And so I had Power Rangers on and <laughs> she wa- would watch the Power Rangers. And then she, uh, especially she would seem to start getting excited and pay attention. And then she would start to, to giggle and start to show excitement on some, like some of the fight scenes. So we all started to joke that, you know, she loves, she just really loves her good, wholesome violence. Um, <laughs> so good job. And that really helped because I could do something with her. Um, it was relatively mindless. So I'm doing this before I have to go to work. It's not completely draining, but it's something that, you know, it seems like she's, she doesn't hate or she's just content to sit on my lap through bouncing on this yoga ball or exercise ball, whatever it is. Um, and, and watch this with me. Um, we went through, I think a couple different, uh, seasons of power Rangers and then started watching Pokemon as she developed and she's, <laughs> seem to be interested. She really likes the theme songs. The girl loves her, loves her intro and outro music, if nothing else. And then, of course, the violence. Um, and before we get even more hate, we've already ruined her for TV and screens. And as as you folks know, I, I mentioned that my 
<laughs> I'm in the IT industry. Screens are just a part of life in our house. So, but before you get all bent out of shape, we expose her to just as much reading material yes. and off-screen things as we do. And honestly, I I don't. They talk about putting her screen. She'd watch this just as frequently if we've got something on. She's not really paying attention no, to she's it. She's not. listening to it, and that's kind of how I am when. I turn on something to watch or do. I also am doing something with my hands. I am working on something and have noticed she does the same thing. Well, we'll put on a show, even when it's not one of my shows that we're force feeding her or something. Um, <laughs> when they turn on bluey or any children's program, she'll watch parts of it, then play with her toys and then look up and then go back. And, but then when the intro or outro music, that's when she's paying attention to that. Um, and she, yeah, she reacts the most to the, the intros and the outros with the loud music and the just the stuff that she uh, sees repetitively. Um, and so I think coping with that really helped with being able to form the relationship. And um, I'm sure Sarah wants me to, to mention it. Um, but actually, I think it was 4th of July uh, weekend time frame. Um, probably the last coping, coping uh, thing or wasn't really last, but one of the big coping things that I actually credit being a decent change um, that really kind of seemed, it seemed like it was a defining moment between the first few months were just all bad. And then the months since, which have been mostly good, there's still bad times. And like I said, the time where she just looked at me so hurt was after this. So it's not been perfectly content, but uh, Sarah and Diana had gone to her folks place for 4th of July. And I was here alone because I had to work for a couple days. And, um, and I did that intentionally, too, so you could have some time to yourself. Yeah, and I just one of the nights I'm sitting here doing something. I don't even remember what project I was working on and a uh, couple drinks in. Um, and I'm thinking about this and just kind of look at, my, look at myself in the mirror. Um, and I was like, you know what? Just just stop. Stop dwelling on the bad. Stop making this bad. Stop. Stop. Stop being such a little bitch. <laughs> um, honesty. And yeah. I, yeah, I just uh, <laughs> talk to myself, talk to whatever, whether you believe in any form of supernatural, any bad juju, any, whatever you want to say, <laughs> just, just told it to stop, to leave me and my family alone. And just let me get on with my life. And however you want to take that, however you want to, uh, interpret that um things did seem to get better it was say through this point it was yeah about at least once a week we were having a really really bad time and either because i wasn't allowing myself to dwell on the bad or uh whatever however else you want to interpret this the the bad days really got far less frequent after that they came home um i was excited to see them when got back into our routine and yeah it wasn't weekly anymore it was once or twice or maybe three times total since then that we've had these really bad days um not to say that we still don't struggle exactly and they're your smaller struggle and there's always some struggle and it's there are times where it's like kid why can't you take a full hour nap? Just please, please. 
Um, and it's just, it's, it doesn't seem like it is, oh my goodness, what do we do every week now? It's, you, it, and again, it wasn't even like this whole lessening off thing. It was every, at least every week by this point. And then when they got back, it, it wasn't. And so however you want to interpret that, just, you know, slap myself around and said, you know, deal with, deal with life and suck it up and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Or if there was something here that I needed to get rid of, whatever, um, there needed to be gotten rid of more than me doing anything, but it just, it just, you, whatever you do, you got to get your head right with this. Um, and I think that really, really did help. And then say, since, since then things have gotten really good. Um, and see, I'm always impressed when, when I hear about how you coped because I almost had to immediately go to medication and you felt that wasn't an option for you. So you really had to think outside the box on, on how yeah, you were going to process all this. Did the same thing, the same coping strategies I've always had to a certain extent, like I said, um, wanting to be somewhere else probably was not the best of all coping strategies. Well, I mean, at but, the time. Yeah, finding a way to make your, to, to make, to get, to be busy, to find projects to work on, to find outlet, to do something. Um, a little bit of escapism like the video games was fine as long as it's done in moderation and not, yeah, as I said, I wasn't letting the games override what I should be doing. Um, and then work, work really does, does help. And I was not going to say that I you know, didn't watch the clock and it's like, Oh, Hey, I've got a lunch coming up. So have fun guys. Or, Hey, I need to, go home. Um, but it was good to be able to have, have work to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was actually probably one of my advantages early on was I was able to do that where Sarah was not working, gone back to work yet. And so she was, she was trapped with the screamy, uh, angry red face thing, um, 24 <laughs> seven and did not have that, that escape hatch that I did. Um, I had medication though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> did that really help or just kind of mask the symptoms? Hey, it, it got me through. It was what was needed. Still is needed. Yeah. Okay. So of the coping mechanisms that you've talked about, or if there's one you haven't, um, is there one that was your favorite or your, your preference, your preferred one? I would probably say the best one um, was actually physical exercise. And I know there's probably people out there thinking, okay, yeah, I, I love exercising. Of course, it's going to be great. And people that are like, I hate exercising. This totally wouldn't work for me. You're me. probably some gym rat. <laughs> yeah. I, I am not a gym rat. I absolutely hate um, gym going to the gym. Um, and I am not a runner. The one bit of physical exercise I found that I enjoyed before this, and especially found I enjoyed during this, was for me rucking or backpacking, hiking, whatever whatever version of it. But for the military, it was rucking. You put on a pack, um, about 35 pounds, and you step off and you try to do about a 15-minute mile. Um, I found that as I get older and as I – the more civilian I am, uh, the more I tend to uh, not quite do a 15-minute mile anymore. Um <laughs> But yeah, just, I had already been doing this really since the end of last year. So had a couple months 
under my belt of every Tuesday getting out and rucking somewhere between four and probably six to eight miles. Um, by the time Diana was born and I continued that, um, afterwards. And I found that that was actually a really good, good moment, good time to get out of there. Um, because it was Tuesdays were my day off and that's why I did it on Tuesdays, but I could just get up a little bit early, step off, uh, turn on a podcast or radio program or music or an audio book or whatever you have. Um, I've listen to an eschatology uh, radio program, Jan Markell's Understanding the Times, which I argue with about as much as I agree with. So maybe that <laughs> that helped. Um, but just step off and just focus on that for a few hours. And then uh, your body gets worn out and beaten to submission. Come home, take a hot shower, and then kind of get back into the swing of things. And I noticed um, that this really did help. It really seemed to give me a something to look forward to every week because the weeks really started running together. The days started running together, mm. but I would actually, because my schedule is kind of weird. My week began on Wednesday and my weekend was Tuesday with my day off and with this, uh, ruck. And it oddly enough was something I really looked forward to most of the time. Um, I even remember, uh, at one point commenting uh, to Sarah that for weather or just, I was tired or not feeling well, something I, I didn't do a ruck on a, on a Tuesday, probably early to midsummer, And the day was terrible. Instead of the, the Monday challenges, um, it was on a Tuesday and that was very unusual. And I kind of even attributed, I wonder if, that was because I didn't get out and do it. I didn't, my body was used to doing this. And so it broke the scheme. And so I was set myself up for failure. So I've tried to make sure that I've at least done something every, every Tuesday morning since, um, rain or shine, hot temperatures or cold. Um, it hasn't always worked out, but I at least tried to get something in a week. Um, I also get the impression that you're very intentional with that time. Yeah. It's to, to, just tune out yeah it's good to tune out it's good to recenter it's good to focus um i say because i the my work schedule doesn't really allow me to um go to church regularly on sundays this was a moment i could listen to um some religious uh programs like i said eschatology uh and get some sermons or get some discussions going. And so that was a way to just tune out and just recenter myself and kind of focus on this. Um, say when I was being the news junkie and trying to follow every, every little action in Ukraine, um, could get voice of America and listen to their daily updates on the situation and then just whatever else. Um, and that was, that was nice to be able to have, have that focus because it was about an hour to two hours generally. And that's a pretty solid chunk of time to just to walk and beat your body into submission um, and listen to a podcast, listen to radio, just do something that's not about being a parent, not about doing whatever. And then when you get back, you are back to doing that mode. And at the same time, it's not, it's not as wasting of the time as video games or wishing I was somewhere else. Yeah, this was and I actually think, a productive use of my time. 
I think wives, this is just my little bit. I think if, if the dads find their outlet or find their escape, I think us moms need to do our due diligence to facilitate that if we want our spouses or the the dads to be at, at the top of their game. And I'd say within reason. Um, I, I think it needs to be something that is good and, and just any outlet or any, any method is not something that needs to be supported. But at the same time, just because it's something that you don't think is good the, the wife doesn't think it's good um doesn't necessarily make it in fact bad and i think that's something that every every couple is going to have to have that conversation is going to have to think about it and go with it um and i just even say personally if back in i april i guess sarah had told me just to stop talking watching the news or something i that probably would have been bad because that was even even if it was less than productive and probably less than helpful in the long run, that was what I was using, and it probably would have been gone over very poorly to be told, okay, don't don't use that outlet, don't don't use have that, and to a certain extent, you get you kind of got the, that point across anyway. But well, I think ultimately what I was getting at, yeah, well, ultimately what I was getting at is that as much as you, as much as moms want the dad's support we have to reciprocate that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, we I have to make sure that the dads get their minute to themselves too. Yeah. And I think that's, that's important. So work out something that you both can live with. You both can handle situation. Even if both sides don't understand why the other one sees that as the, uh, as that's why that's there's in moment. That's that why they, they need that as their coping mechanism. It I'm of the opinion if, if it it's what them, support them. if it's what recharges you and makes you be a better dad, then absolutely I'll get behind it. Yeah, because you definitely don't don't get the whole uh, appeal of waking up at five a.m. on your oh, day off no. to go to go walk six <laughs> six to uh, nine miles with thirty pounds on you. About the only thing I do get is the alone time. That I understand, but to kill your feet, I, I've seen your feet. Well, hey, no thanks. Those holes are supposed to be there. The gaping <laughs> wounds that used to be the heel of my feet, are, that, that's how it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so if you could, uh, knowing what you know now, if you could go back and give like your pre-dead self... Any tips or advice on? Well, the the one obvious one is everyone say is they want to say, well, it gets better, but we've already done that rant. So yeah. I would not say that because yeah, no, I would probably have punched myself um, for having said that one because I'd get, I, I mean, I get it. So why wouldn't you take that free swing? Um, <laughs> I'd probably just say that and tell myself there's, there's nothing wrong with you because you're not having this emotional reaction. You don't, you, you don't do what other people do when it comes to emotion. So just, just wait it out. I was saying it's better, but just wait it out. Let, let things develop. Um, <clears throat> Cause I think it's fair to say that you do have a relationship with Diana now. I, I would like to think 
Um, she lights up like a firecracker when he enters the room. So I would say, you I mean, definitely come do. on, no, nobody can get her to take uh, her teething tablets quite like I can. This is true. So, and, and, <laughs> And that poor girl is going to have every random historical hat in my possession on her head at some point and just not have the faintest idea what's going on, but I'm going to have a picture taken of each and every one of them. Naturally. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, there, there's going to be good. They're going to be good times. That's what you need to say. Um, again, it doesn't get bad. I'm not saying it. It, it gets better. Um, but there are positives. There are positives. This isn't this isn't a mistake. This isn't um, this colossal disaster. And yeah, it's you're you're gonna have some really good moments to look forward to. Um, and a bit of advice for something to fix is stop fucking moping about. <laughs> stop feeling sorry for yourself. And stop wishing you were anywhere but here. Stop wishing you were in a freaking combat zone to get away from taking care of your child. I think it's safe to say that you would argue that mindset has a lot to do with where you're at. And and me, for instance, I I feel like I have to have the medication in order to pull myself out. But I have a history of, of mental health issues and so i know what works and what doesn't um and i think you just did the best you could with the knowledge that you had yeah well less than spectacular successes at times but yeah trying to try to deal with it um i think try is a big is a big word too you never stop trying i think that's where i would have I would have been more concerned was if you just gave up altogether and you didn't, you, uh, you still came home every day. Yeah. And I was just to say, tell myself this thing is, uh, once thing like I said is I'm just screaming and you can't deal with it. Just set her down and walk away. I, I don't know what people are going to say. I don't know what people are going to think on that one. And they think it's, I would say that was incredibly important for me. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, you're not solving anything. You're not fixing anything. Set her down. Walk away. Set her down somewhere. She's not. She's not going to roll around. Right. She's not going to do. Yeah. She's just fine there. You make sure her basic needs have been met, and then just walk away for a few minutes, because you are not going to do any good for her in your current mindset. So step away. Let things clear up a, a bit, and then reengage. Do some rest and refit and then then go back into the fray. And I think that's that's incredibly important. Um, and that's actually where I would say it would have been really nice to get a you know parenting class where it's like, hey, here's some tips. Yeah, I remember you making that comment quite a bit of like, okay, we had the birth class. Now where's the parenting class? Yeah, where's can- the post-birth? guidance give me a little bit of training here i'm not expecting like a nine-week course every day where they teach me the ins and outs of how to be a parent but hey your your kid can lay there and scream for a couple minutes if you've if you need to go clear your head because you're wanting to punch a wall um 
you're, you're, there's going to be time. Here's what colic is. Here's what causes yeah. it. Here's <laughs> how you can, you know, make minor things to deal with it. Oh, did you know that these things called lip ties and tongue ties and yeah, that, that these can make your life living hell? No? Well, now you do. Like, any of this information would have been wonderful. But I didn't get any of this. I didn't know any of this. And everybody just kind of assumed I did. I even, like I said, I had to just ask, okay, what is what is colic? I've been hearing it a lot. I know babies are colicky. But what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, uh, and that's also like a double-edged sword, I feel, because when you do Google that stuff, unfortunately, there's it's getting better but we still get that that side of the social media aspect of it where people will have a little blurb about it but then it's they go back to you know it's all flowers and roses type thing there's there are flowers and roses but there's a whole lot of weeds and those flowers and roses all have thorns too so you're not getting anything that's super wonderful out of this without a lot of struggle a lot of work and a lot of not nice stuff to go along with it (sighs) But you, I think you would agree there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, again, I would hesitate to go. There's light. We're at the end of the tunnel. We're at the light at the end of the tunnel. Anything, no, no, no. We're definitely not. Yeah, but... I think we're we're still we're still in the tunnel, and it's 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 not quite as dark. We're in we're in the lighted section of the tunnel now, um, and we only scraped the side of the car and ran into three barricades on the way through the dark part of the tunnel. But <laughs> hey, the car's still running, I guess. Um, There's that. So yeah, it's it got better. <laughs> punch myself well despite all of the despite all the struggles I think um, I do think it's important to air these frustrations out and not just between parents and first time I think parents in general just need to hear the real stuff yeah. Um, and if and anything, I, this is just solidified what I already knew that dads, dads need help too. I yeah, you know, say that's, that's the thing I wish it was more talked about. Cause I'd heard, and that's the thing is I'd heard of postpartum before this. And I didn't really know, necessarily know why I just know mom is sad after baby is born and it can lead to bad things. Um, okay, cool. And they said, oh, well this is caused by a hormone imbalance because their body is trying to regulate after the birth. Okay, cool. And that's where he sort of said, and dads can get it too, mm-hmm. because having a newborn sucks really badly. At least in our experience. Well, yeah. Now, every child is different. If, I get and that. And if, you, if your newborn was great and wonderful and uh, you never had any of these problems, first of all, I hate you. Second of all, <laughs> congrats. That was that was really awesome. Um, you're very lucky. And I hope the rest of your parenting experience is just as lucky. Um, because yeah, those first couple months sucked for us. Uh, and for some people, I'm sure that it's even, it, they'll say I'm, I'm lucky because it was just a few months and then things really started getting better. And for you folks, <sighs> it does give you a, a whole new perspective. Yeah, The, the emotional processing unit that substitutes in my Android body for a heart really goes out to you. <laughs> um, for the struggles you guys have been dealing with, you are dealing with, you 
dealt with or anybody that listens in the future that you will be dealing with, like just in general, because three months feel like an eternity and I wouldn't want to do that any longer than we absolutely had to. And guys, just because Jacob didn't go down that route, if you feel like you need to go down the route of medication or therapy, that's another thing. You didn't, you didn't have a therapist to air all this out with, but I will say we didn't know about it at the time and I wish we did, but postpartum.com does have a live chat option and they have a, a mom section and a dad's section. So if you feel like that would be helpful in your situation, I highly recommend you you pursue that um, and see what help they can offer you uh, and then reach out, of course, to any medical providers that you trust because this stage of life, it sucks. And you shouldn't have to suffer or you shouldn't have to be in the weeds by yourself or at least suffer without some kind of assistance because yeah i feel like we're doing dads a huge disservice here by thinking well they didn't actually go through the physical changes so clearly they don't have it as bad as the moms and i think that's utter bullshit um because it's a life change and the dads are going through the big life change just as much as the moms are in my opinion yes it's more physically demanding in the beginning on us moms but it doesn't mean that the that the dads aren't going through something too. So um, hopefully something resonated with you and um, listening to Jacob's side of the story. And again, please reach out to help. Don't, don't fight in silence. Don't, uh, don't feel like you can't, you can't get out of this or that you're stuck or that you're trapped um, because there are, there are solutions out there. So thanks for sharing all of your, no problem. all of your uh, advice, your tips, your coping mechanisms. This is the week of Thanksgiving that we're putting this together. So are you ultimately thankful that yeah, we hit, um, we hit the goal of parenthood, you know, albeit the struggles that came along yeah, I with could, it. I could have, <laughs> would have happily uh, skipped a couple of the struggles. Um, but yeah, it's good having her. It's good. Um, and I'm glad we've got her. It's just, it was a hell of a roller coaster getting even this far and makes me <laughs> worried about what the next 18 plus years are going to look like. Yeah, it's not one step at a time. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> Uh, I like to think that the the worst days are behind us, but it's like you said, we'll encounter more challenges as as she grows. But uh, we can we can create a new podcast at that time. <laughs> this is the postpartum podcast. <laughs> we can just make one for each stage yeah, of life. Again, that she's why, don't, in. why don't you uh, blow up that bridge when you come to it? <laughs> blow up. I think I like that phrase better. Any closing remarks that you might have? Good night, good luck, and God bless. Hey, short and sweet, to the point. Way to be airborne. All the way, all the way, let's go. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to the Postpartum Wow. 
If you like what you heard and you'd like to support this podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe and follow me on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow me on my Facebook page at The Postpartum Wife. This way you'll be notified when new episodes are dropped every other Tuesday. Feel free to also leave a review sharing what you liked best, and this will help other listeners know what to expect when checking out this podcast. Until next time, friends, may your messy buns be on point and your coffee stay warm. Thank you.